What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the OKC82 podcast. I know these episodes have been rather infrequent. Uh, I mean, everything's a little weird. We're still trying to figure things out in terms of media coverage, media responsibility. We're starting to get a little bit of a rhythm with the thunder in terms of every day. Mark Dagnall's talking to us over the computer with random players. I don't know if certain media members are being asked, who do you want to talk to today? Um, or not, because we basically just get whoever sits in front of the computer screen. So basically, it's what I'm trying to say is it's been a little bit difficult uh, to pinpoint a consistent podcast schedule. But this podcast will be what it always is. It's mainly a post-game reaction. So uh, next week when the Thunder start off preseason, uh, we will be doing the same old, same old. But once we get into the season and get a better rhythm, we will probably do some weekly, you know, bi-weekly shows in between games to cover more topics a little bit more in depth. But without further ado, let's get on with this show. I am Brady Trantham. If you do not know, I don't blame you. And I am joined today, uh, no Ryan Chapman today. He is uh, doing other duties for 107.7 The Franchise currently. So we are joined by everyone's best friend, Christine Butterfield, and then everyone's sworn enemy, Jerry Ramsey. Everybody, how are you all doing? And ladies first. Uh, fantastic. I'm doing great. We're still doing that in 2020, ladies first? Okay. Um, yes, women's empowerment, obviously. I, no, it's not. You're still doing the whole chivalry thing. No, it, first of all, it should have been Jerry. Women should first. be first always. Hmm, just, nah. <laughs> I'm going to agree to disagree on that one. But uh, what a, what no, a joy. What a joy to uh, be doing a podcast uh, with uh, two of the bright shining stars of the franchise universe and Brady Trantham and Christine Butter Butter Butterfingers. What is it? You're the worst. It's Butterfield. You know, Butterfield. I was Christine I was Butterfield. A, gotcha. I was a ramrod, Jerry. <laughs> and wow. yet you pretend like this never happened. Like I, you, never you went and you started Sam Mazing and triple Emming and uh, I, you lose some street cred when that happens. So he's right. not, he's not wrong. Uh, first of all, let's address the elephant in the room. Christine is uh, recording or over the zoom pod in her brand new apartment. And boy, does it sound like it with the uh, there's, I'm assuming you're still, really so bad. I'm, I'm still I'm assuming you're waiting for the furniture to to arrive fairly soon. Do you do you want to see a good um rotation of this? Yeah, you can it give is it a, not I have to move my mic and my computer for you to see this. Um oh my god. Oh wow. So literally here are my windows. Here's my living room. And there's my small little tree. Oh, this wow. is all that is in my house right now. I'm having uh, flashbacks to being a military brat for the first two months moving into a new house with concrete walls and nothing in it. So everything echoes. And as an only child, just do the math. It's not very fun sometimes. But um, yes, let's get into uh, let's, let's transition from Christine's uh, interior decorating skills to everyone's favorite topic, the 2020-21 Oklahoma City Thunder. Who's on their roster? Well, guess what? You should be able to know by now. Because I've had a little bit of trouble pinpointing who exactly is going to be playing, who exactly is on the roster, who is not actually going to be playing, but is still technically on the roster. Trevor Ariza. The Thunder finally released their training camp roster. And, of course, that is including Moses Brown, Josh Hall, two new two-way signees for the team taking the place of Lou Dort last year and Isaiah Roby. Um, 
that also includes Al Horford and Teo Maldun, the brand new technically additions to the roster because the trade was made official yesterday. And no, if you're wondering, we haven't been able to talk to them yet because apparently they're still going through uh, testing protocols via the NBA's guidelines for coronavirus and all that fun stuff. But uh, Jerry, we're, you know, we're all covering OU football still very much. So at the franchise, OU has West Virginia on Saturday, then the big 12 championship. And unfortunately that will coincide with the Thunder's first three preseason games. But you know, you're a basketball guy. I know you're excited for it, but how, how invested are you in this roster? Just because like, for me, it's been difficult because we, we know the young core, we know a lot of the young faces that they've brought in, but it's really hard to pinpoint who should I be focusing on? Who should I be looking to towards or projecting? Like that's a simple rotation. That's a starting five. Because for me, maybe I'm just a little slow to this, Jerry. For me, it's been a little difficult. I'll tell you what, this is, um, it's fun. It's like having a new toy, but this is like, this isn't the cool toys that we used to have with, uh, you know, and I go way back with, uh, you know, Kevin Durant and Serge Ibaka and Russell Westbrook. It's not Victor Oladipo. It's not Demonis Sabonis. Hell, it, you know, it's not even um, Josh Hustis. All right. You know, where is this little piece going to fit or whatever? This is your aunt and uncle who went to uh, college on the East Coast and they got you some natu- National Geographic toys. And it's like, it, it, it looks cool. I mean, if you really look into it, there's some cool stuff here, but it looks like it's going to take a lot of time and a lot of thinking on getting this thing done. Um, I, I, you know what? I, I think I have a six man rotation, but then there's like, you know, three or four guys that I really wonder, are they going to break that six man rotation? Are they going to be, you know, getting playing time? There's guys like that, the mailed on, right? Is it because it's M A L E D O N. I'm a big time uh spelling guy yeah it's mailed on right yeah i, I already know mm-hmm. i got the last name wrong i've got the first name down it's teo yeah, they, they've referred no, is him it Malado- as- is it mal I, I think- is it mail go ahead Christine. i think it's mailed like mal- i don't know right? it's french isn't it mal- yeah, mal- it's, it, it's french for that brother's on the bench that's that's what that, that's french for jerry he's uh, the new he's for- the next tony parker like do <laughs> do your homework do yourself no, a favor. I got, listen, I got Tony Parker, like gave him a thumbs up, a tiny thumbs up, by the way. Um, him, Ty Jerome, right? I mean, where are these TJ Leaf? We've talked to Ty, Ty Jerome twice now. Like, so that he's should tell you that should tell you something right there, right? <laughs> Crack the code. And also, I mean, you know, whenever, you know, I, I got on for Darius Miller, the excitement that it was Darius Miller. Uh, so you talk about these guys that are on this roster and I, I don't know where they're going to fit in the rotation, but whenever you look at it from just a pure basketball sense, each one of them have something to offer the Oklahoma city thunder. They just do. And should they be rotated in before Poku? Should they not? I don't no. know, but those are three guys that I'm watching TJ leaf, uh, Meldon and, uh, and Ty Jerome. Those are three guys that I think can crack and get some serious minutes for the thunder of the season. Yeah. And real quick, Christine, before you chime in, I'll just ask you a quick question. And don't worry if you weren't, because I was also busy. I I tried to keep track of all the, uh, the quotes from today's um, press conferences, but were you actually on the call early today or are you busy? I was doing a previous engagement. So no, I I couldn't be on the call today. No worries. Like the whole point that I was going to bring up is it seems like once I start to get a little bit of the roster and then a possible rotation down, 
Mark Dagnalt says something that just throws a monkey wrench into everything. And today, to me, like the big thing that uh, kind of came out of today's availability was uh, Mark Dagnalt basically said they're playing uh, Alexei Pokushevsky, the Thunder's first round pick, with the wings. So as a three. And that makes a little sense just from the physical maturity standpoint. I mean, he's got a long way to go with that. It makes sense if you're a big Darius Baisley uh, fan, if you are if you think highly of him like I do, certainly. Um, him kind of having the logjam at the four, especially with Al Horford, even though he's a center, um, I was afraid that having Pokushevsky was going to take away from potentially some of the development from Darius Baisley. But uh, Christine, have you had any luck more so than me, uh, trying to ham- hammer down the roster, trying to hammer down some rotations, trying to project what guys can be, what they can be combination-wise. I mean, it, it's all, it's really hard, especially when we're covering the Thunder. And if we just straight up ask, like, hey, where, do you, where are you going to play Al Horford? You're just going to get a whole bunch of, uh, no answer. You'll you'll just have to wait until preseason. Yeah, you know, you bring a good point. And my problem is, is that I feel like a lot of the times – You can see a starting five because you know how well they play together and you see what their chemistry looks like. And that's where you can kind of put some players above others. You have so many new faces to this team that there's just too many question marks. You have no idea how these guys are going to play together, especially since they haven't really been able to practice together that much either. So there's not a lot of looks of seeing who probably looks better together besides, I mean, you know that, you know, SGA is probably going to start and maybe, Darius Baisley, but again, like you can have Hamadou Diallo, possibly Al Horford, who knows? And just with all the media availability and like seeing players multiple times, it, it doesn't help, you know, because then like you think, oh, well, maybe if you have one player see him like two, three times in media availability, that means that he could have a strong position for the Thunder. But I think Mark Dagno is the perfect Sam Presti coach because he just keeps kind of keeping everyone on their toes. So to answer your question, I don't really know who's going to be starting because there's just too many new faces to know who is actually going to play well together in the beginning. Yeah. And, um, excuse me. Wow. I just allergies, man. Allergies suck in Oklahoma. If you're, if you're me, but, uh, Jerry, I can't remember yesterday's, uh, press availability i can't remember exactly what time it it took place but i'm fairly certain it came on when you were on your show but if not were you able to catch anything especially with mark dagnall yesterday just keeping up with uh the quotes that uh you know and like you said it's it's a really odd time because we used to be able to package you guys up and send you across the street and you'd come (laughs) back with video or you know you'd come back with some good audio or whatever but now it's just literally just following on twitter while i'm on air and just seeing all kind of stuff and uh i I think the surprising thing to me was dagnall talking about uh talking about george hill you know and just like so let's get it started let's get it going right he is the veteran voice on this squad he just is i know who sga is and i understand what sga is but you want to talk about a guy that's been there and done that and horford hasn't been in camp uh to everything that i understand so he hasn't been able to dagnall hasn't been able to lean on a uh, a senior leadership yet and hill's probably that guy he's going to lean on for the first probably couple of months i'll be honest with you i i think that Hill's going to be around for at least until trade deadline just to kind of get things in order 
because everything's new. You're a superstar. This is his first year that he is the face of the program. It's the first time that this coaches thing. So you need a veteran to go. So the most surprising thing to me that Dagnall has said is just basically praising George Hill. And it just makes me think that he's spending a lot of time with this guy. So it makes me wonder how long he's going to be around. Yeah. Um, yesterday, like real quick before we dive into George Hill, because there's I actually kind of feel sorry for the guy. Um, I mean, <laughs> you can only feel sorry for a million, a millionaire basketball players so much. But um, yesterday, I'm still trying to get a beat on Mark Dagnall. I mean, Christine's right. He is a perfect Sam Presti coach. Um, he's very much like Billy Donovan in that he he can say a lot without actually saying as much. Billy Donovan probably has a little bit more. Um, Billy will actually probably work with you a little bit more because Billy's just been around the block longer than Mark Dagnall, of course. But I, I just straight up asked him a question that I knew he wasn't going to answer. I just wanted to see how he was going to answer it. I asked him, hey, have you gotten anybody back that was out due to COVID? And if so, how close to you, disregarding Al Horford and Teo, how close are you to full strength? And he looked straight in the camera and was like, yeah, I'm, I'm just going to be vague according to the NBA guidelines. And I was like, wow. <laughs> No, he he might as well. He might as well have just read a cue card. I'm just like, okay, that's what we're dealing with. And I know people don't care listening to this podcast about how I don't want to say difficult, but what you lose when you're doing all this over zoom is I would have asked a question like that after the scrum and gotten a little bit more of a closer to the truth answer because the cameras weren't rolling it's mainly just for me. It's just a resource to have, but you lose out on that. So that's what we're dealing with, with Mark Dagnall, at least when we're talking to him over a computer screen, but now going to George Hill or go ahead, Jerry. I was going to say, and let me, let me just, I'm not scolding you, but come on, Brady, give the guy a break. You guys have literally been on the job, like what a month and a half now. I mean, <laughs> give, give him a couple of softballs. And I listen, and I appreciate what you do. I really do. And you start with your such and such ask a fan question or such and such ask a fan question. And it's like, you know, right now, this this guy is just now getting through the human resources manual. He's he's just now signed up for his, uh, you know, his his retirement plan. Like he's just now getting over all that stuff. So. If you're if you're trying to hit him just to get what he sounds like, I mean, you're already setting the guy up. He Come hasn't on, even Brady. moved all the stuff into his office. His office looks like looks like Christine's apartment right now. He's still waiting. <laughs> He's just got a Christmas tree. Saw that one coming. Uh, it's all good. But okay, going on to George Hill. Like what I feel bad for is, um, I think we've talked to him three times, maybe two. Um, I've I've only talked to him twice. Like I've been a part of two press conferences with him. Uh, but it seems like every question and especially the two questions I've asked him guys, I'm asking him about other players. I'm asking him about young players. And I always feel bad for veteran players when they get traded to a new team with young players. Cause they always get that. It's like, you're no longer the focal point. You're no longer important. How are you going to help these young guys that are going to be here for the long haul? And I'll say this, Christine, George Hill has, I mean, he has kind of the same reputation as Chris Paul, where he is a consummate professional does his job he comes in with a good attitude um i'm fully expecting that entire that entire thing with george hill going on to this team and um how that's going to help sga how that's going to help ty jerome how that's going to help uh, everybody on this team i mean we're all going to find out but i mean just early impressions of george hill what and what you're expecting how sga who learned so much from chris paul and we know that he's kind of a sponge how important you think that is uh, for his development as well I mean, I think it's critical 
I don't believe that you can just learn from Chris Paul for one season and be like, okay, I'm set. I'm good. I can handle the NBA now. I can be the guy. That's just not a thing. That's not going to happen. And as you can tell that um, SGA is just not confident enough still to handle the ball the entire game, the whole game, and have all that responsibility and pressure. Like, I think he could for possibly three quarters if you want to give him that, but I don't think he could handle that the entire game and be as consistent as you would like him to be. So to still have someone to kind of shoulder that with, to learn from, to learn new different things from, and just to have that veteran presence there, I think is going to be critical for not only SGA's development, but Darius Baisley's, Luke Dort possibly. I mean, maybe even Hamadou Diallo could really benefit from having someone like George Hill there. I just, I really think that they do need some kind of a veteran there to kind of help <laughs> streamline these guys into the right direction. So um, I'm expecting, I'm expecting a lot of good things from him, not necessarily on the court, but a lot off the court in development. And I think that's why Mark Dagno probably has him on this team and why he's been in media availability for at least like the two times that we've seen him because he's going to be critical for their developmental team. And that's what they're looking to do this season anyway. Yeah. I, you mentioned Tommy, this is such a big year for him. And I, I, I mean, the thunder be damned. This is just a gigantic year for Hamadou Diallo's professional career because this is, this is put up or shut up. Like we've seen flashes of him with consistent play on both ends of the floor. And then he's just had unfortunate luck with injuries that not only keep him out of games, but then it knocks him so far out of the rotation. He's never really able to uh, get back on that momentum that he had um, earlier prior to the injury. He had a good start to the bubble in Orlando on both ends of the floor. And then as it went on and then it, of course went into the playoffs, he eventually just wasn't really seen anymore on the floor. So it's, it's so big for Hami. Uh guys like SGA, Lou Dort, uh, Darius Baisley, basically whatever they do positive is going to be a cherry on top there. The, the standard, the, 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 I guess just the expectations are simultaneously high for them, Jerry, but at the same time, they're low because just like I said, if they do great things, that's awesome. If they do bad things, hey, it's a bad team and you're asking a bunch of kids to run an NBA team. So I don't know what people are exactly expecting in the short term with this season. I think everyone's still just kind of, yeah, we know the Thunder are going to be bad. When's Cade Cunningham going to be in the draft and can we get him? I think that's what everyone's really thinking about. So whatever SGA and these young guys do, it's just kind of a cherry on top this season. I think I think that it's uh, it's incredibly interesting the development chart that if you want to do anything this season, if you want to see anything go, it's the development chart of each one of these young guys. I mean, Poku's development compared to, like you said, Hami's de development to Ty Jerome's development. To, you know, see what I'm saying? So that you just get this development chart. I really do think that that's what this year needs to be. A success would be, let's go ahead and talk about where their game is whenever they start the season. We start to see them in the uh, preseason stuff with San Antonio and Chicago. Uh, and then, then when they fire it up, where are they? What are they doing rotation-wise? And then by the end of the season, if you have a feel for six or seven guys that are on this rookie contract or just are young enough to be a part of this core, then that, that's where the success is. Wins and losses are not a measure of success for the Oklahoma City Thunder this year. And I, I don't know. I don't know how fans are going to react to that. And I don't know if they're going to be able to keep up with it. It's, it's going to be kind of guys like us that, you know, they depend on to tell them, hey, you know what? The Thunder only won 
19 games, but here's where the success was. So yeah. that's what I think. And like you said about Hamadou Diallo, uh, Brady, and Christine, you can jump on in this too, is this this is a guy who's already been tracked. And so, like you said, do or die. You see this right here, and the Thunder are going to pick this season whether to invest a little bit more in Hamadou or go ahead and uh, Jeremy Lamb him. Oh, yikes. That's... <laughs> That's I like Hamadou Diallo. Don't be that mean to him. <laughs> like Charlotte, Jeremy Lamb, fine. You know that that that's okay. I'm sure that's what the Thunder would like to see out of Hamadou yes. Diallo. But, um, yeah, it, everybody's going to have different expectations. I and as corny as this sounds, Christine, uh, as corny as this sounds, if the Thunder win anywhere from 19 to 24 games, I mean the tank crowd's going to be happy. I think your casual fan is going to be upset because even though you understand what the future holds in terms of the possibilities, it's really hard to just sit there and watch your team lose every night. So I think as corny and cliche as this sounds, if the Thunder are just simply a competitive team, if they are in these games, but they just simply can't win because, oh God, they're young and they don't know how to win on their own just yet. I think that fans, especially fans in Oklahoma that kind of pride themselves on hard work, on developing, on getting better day in and day out, I feel like that they can really vibe with that team as much as a fan base of a, of a loser team could do. Yeah. You know, this is really going to, if you're, if you love basketball, this is going to be a good season to watch the thunder because you're going to see glimpses of players developing. You're going to see them improving, hopefully from game to game. That's what, you know, the goal for the thunder ultimately is going to be to see how much growth they can do in an entire season. So if you're a fan of watching basketball and watching players truly get better, it's going to be a good season to watch the Thunder. Now, if you have been a Thunder fan for years and you are used to seeing this team win and you're used to seeing them dominate or, you know, like have playoff potential, probably not going to be happy, probably going to be groaning the entire season. But you have to understand, you have to take this season for what it is. It's a building year. It's a year to really get to know these players because a lot of them probably will, I mean, who the Thunder will invest, they will be here for maybe like three to four years. So you can really just watch them, grow with them, and take into account how much they've improved under this coaching staff. Because it should be pretty drastic if they do exactly what they plan to do. So if you love basketball, it's going to be okay. If you want to watch the Thunder win, you might not want to watch this season. Yeah, it just this is just a different movie, everybody. just I'm sure everybody knows that now, but once the season starts and – the luster of last year wears off the luster of the last 10 years wears off. It's going to be hard for even the most fervent basketball fans to just sit there and watch their team lose because an NBA season, even though this is 10 games shorter is long. It is a long, long season as we all know, Jerry, but um, I, I guess so let's get some like rapid fire questions that I just have in my head. Is there anybody that isn't SGA that isn't Darius Baisley that isn't Lou Dort? It can be an old player like an Al Horford. It can be a young player like some of their draft picks or even the young guys they brought in. But is there anybody that you that you have your eye on that you just have a gut feeling that, hey, I feel like this player with this organization, with the opportunities that he's going to get, can probably build into a solid rotational player for the Thunder. Maybe not for the long-term future, but maybe something to work with positively for the next few years at least. I think the TJ Leaf is that guy. I, I really do. 
Uh, here's a guy that uh, was it? He was the 18th pick. Poku's the 17th pick, so he's kind of like in that middle range of you know trying to figure out whether the NBA is going to be his thing or not. I think you just killed everything that Poku fans have right now, but just by mentioning <laughs> that. Like what? They are, but they're they're right there with each other. And but TJ Leaf came in with a little bit of a, you know, he had a, a good college career, and and there was there was a little bit behind him, and it just didn't work out. Couldn't get on the floor uh, in Indiana, and I think that here in Oklahoma City, every opportunity, because once again, his development isn't going to be measured in wins and losses. It's going to be what kind of production can he put on the floor, and can he fit in? And I think that, especially if they go small, he could be a five going small. You know, four whenever Darius comes off the floor because their seven foot, uh, 150 pound kid uh, can't do it. So <laughs> I think this is a perfect place. Bless his heart, man. <laughs> Somebody get that brother a McRib. I know. I'm so scared for his ankles. I think his ankles are going to break in like five seconds that he's in. Like Tumbleson, Matt Tumbleson's probably like, this is called a protein shake here in America. <laughs> We drink these when we want to get bigger. Now, don't take it from me. I've been drinking protein shakes for a year, and I, I'm still the same size, unfortunately. But hopefully, it goes your hair. Yeah, I guess so. All and by, protein goes your hair. By the way, like a quick little subject change. We'll get back to the thunder. But you you mentioned this on Twitter just like five seconds ago, Jerry, and I replied to it. Uh, we need to trailblaze. We need to be the first men on the Winning Women podcast because it's 2020. We're all about being inclusive. And uh, it's just that it's ripe. We it, the time is ripe for a male uh, viewpoint, a male voice on the Winning Women podcast. Podcast. Side, side note to that, Christine, then you can answer this with you because you and Madison do a fantastic job with that Winning Women. First of all, alliteration, right? Winning Women podcast. What a great job! Uh, and Brady, let me tell you something. I mean, I'm already on the podcast all the time because I'm like mentioned all the time because both these young ladies that I've is... molded. I've molded like butterflies. Okay, you I'm like can't Kafka. say that you molded me I and, molded, like, for, I and forget my name at the beginning of this podcast. Christine, let's, get, let's not Christine, get twisted here. Christine Butterfinger, hold on for just a second. Uh, I've molded both these young women. And to have my name on there all the time, why wouldn't you just have me on? Right, Brady? Your name's all over it too, Brady. Get uh, Christine, we need to be on. You guys talk about us all the time anyway. Just have the real thing. You know, we talk about you fondly, but we do have a long list of guests that we have been, you know, obviously getting on. We have, we, you know, we're very exclusive on the Winning Women podcast, okay? We have yeah. a long list of people yeah. we need to get through before yeah. we would even consider, you know, branching out and uh, maybe doing something different. You're and saying again, I'd have to talk to Madison about this. You know, it's a group decision. Yeah. We're co hosts. So, you know, no promises there. You're yeah. saying this in this climate, in this political, the social am. climate. I am. And Unbelievable. people can find me on Twitter at CB on Sports. If you, master- if you guys want Jerry Ramsey, make it happen. The yeah. masters we'll let women play now. Like, we're in a different time, Christine. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, not Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt just had a, a female kicker. Yeah, she now. just kicked. Yeah, and she's on the list of people we would have before you. Yeah, she got so, her. Co- she got her coach fired. <laughs> oh no! I cannot. <laughs> I cannot. Uh, yeah, Sarah Fuller was the kicker for OU in the Rose Bowl. OU would have won the game. You are one hundred percent right. She would have done the job that he couldn't do. Thank you very uh, much. Uh, 
transitioning if we can back because uh, we got a few more minutes, guys. So uh, try and wrap this up for everybody's listening pleasure ASAP. But uh, Christine, do you have a young player in mind that you're going to keep your eye on that you feel is in the perfect, the right place at the right time with the Oklahoma City Thunder? Yeah, you know, I'm kind of going a similar route with Jerry. I, I think that their pick, Theo Maldon, is just, I think it's really good because I do think that in, you know, like their second string rotation, he could be a solid shooting guard or he can, you know, maybe take the ball a little bit, really improve, really learn from SGA and learn from the people that are there right now and just improve under this new Thunder regimen. I think that he has the athletic ability to do that. I think he's a good size. And I really think that if he learns from these guys, he can improve immensely very quickly. And I think he's going to be a faster learner than perhaps Pokushevsky. I mean, Poku has a lot of muscle to put on before he can probably be a solid threat in the NBA. Let's be real. So I, I like, I like this draft pick for them. And I think that, you know, he could be good in the next like two or maybe three years. Yeah. I mean, based on what limited film I've actually watched Teo and it's, it's not a lot, but what I've seen, like I, I like his vision and I of course have no idea how many minutes he's going to get in the preseason or even in the regular season. But uh, the good thing for the thunder is I think they want to try and continue the uh, three point guard thing moving forward. Uh, that that's just more to do with basketball being positionless and they've got a plethora of point guards. Like they, they know what they have in SGA. They're going to try and have him be more on the ball to basically understand how hard do we need Cade Cunningham? Do we need him very, very badly? Or can we potentially get somebody else, identify another talent to go along with SGA because maybe Teo takes a leap this year or surprises everybody, or maybe Ty Jerome in a new situation and not Phoenix takes a little bit of a leap and helps out in that regard. So the Thunder have a lot to work with. And I think not just for development of the players, I think it's good for uh, the team, the franchise to understand what they're trying to go after in, in the uh, next few years is drafts, trades, and then free agency. But uh, uh, Jerry, any final thoughts as we are ever so slowly wrapping up uh, training camp, on the way to the Thunder's first preseason game on the road against the San Antonio Spurs. I'll try to keep this as brief as possible and not just yap on with the, you did it. You just now did it, but can we not be guilty of doing Kate Cunningham stuff? Uh, it's going to be very, very difficult to get the number one player in the draft, even with all the assets that Sam Presti has. And when you do get them, so you're telling me you want a very tall, big, athletic uh, point guard who can uh, do everything. That can do everything. Uh, you got one of those. It's, it's SGA. So, I mean, okay, so let's bring them both on and really screw up the situation with that. I'm just saying, I, Cade Cunningham, it's nice to say, and you want the prettiest girl at the prom. But I'm telling you, just drop your expectations just a little bit, and the girl with the overalls that has paint on them with the ponytail can be just as pretty in the top five. It's fun to talk about right now, but once the games start, I feel like I'm not going to talk about Kate Cunningham that much because I've got a feeling that the Thunder, they're going to not be good. But I have a little bit of faith in this team and just with the talent that I think they might win a handful more games than we all predict, but th that's just me. But Christine, same question. Any final thoughts as we head into the pre uh, preseason games? I agree. I don't think this is going to be a, like they need a savior type season. I, I really am just looking forward to see how much they will develop because 
we've heard that so much throughout this Thunder media availability, like that they want to develop, they want to improve. And I want to see how drastic that is. So I'm really pumped to see who kind of makes the biggest strides and who falls short. And hopefully the people that fall short won't be with the Thunder much longer. And the people that do really improve under this uh, new coaching staff will be able to stick around and really make a Thunder team that the fans can be proud of. Oh, <laughs> should have played like the national anthem behind all that. right bring on kate cunningham i guess <laughs> or just and by the way screw it i sure hope that trevor reza doesn't show up and just go on a 10 game win streak i mean look, that's gonna that'll stink right there. look look how washed andre iguodala looked in the finals trying to guard <laughs> lebron again trying to rekindle that old that old kind of duo thing he was washed but he was still kind of valuable for the heat in the playoffs trevor reza is nowhere near iguodala so for him to pull this and i look for all we know, it's prob- it might, could be true that his reasons are very genuine, but um, I'm sorry, but there is always the thought in the back of my mind that, eh, yeah, he just doesn't want to play for the Thunder. Like uh, Trevor, this if this was him four years ago, sure, but uh-uh, different player, different time. And I'm not sure that the Thunder – I mean, I, they're not just like tripping over themselves trying to get him in here. So No, because that would take away from – Yep. Darius Baisley. And that would take away from Pokashevsky, who's apparently a three. So uh, Chisholm Holland said it best. Are they trying to rekindle the old uh, memories of Kevin Durant, uh, a tall guy playing the wing who also in his rookie year played shooting guard? Shout out PJ Carlissimo. But uh, we have run out of time according to the Zoom meeting uh, <laughs> because I am cheap and I'm not going to pay 14, 15 bucks a month to do multiple people at the same time that that's, you know, <laughs> yeah, that's balling on a budget y'all we will that is 2021 in a nutshell right there yeah. that is the 2021 season in a nutshell of course uh jerry thank you so much as always for blessing us with your presence christine yes, uh if you need help moving some furniture in i live literally i think a few blocks away yeah you're you'll be my first to call how about that Sounds good to me. Uh, Everybody, thank you so much for listening to the OKC82 podcast. Like I said earlier, uh, we will get these out a little bit more frequently as the season starts. So uh, look forward to that. Look forward to all the interactions and basketball season, of course. It's right around the corner, everybody, so get excited. But until next time, everybody, y'all have a good one.